where nobody knows your name is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hello and welcome to another episode of Where Nobody Knows Your Name, a Cheers podcast. My name is Troy. And my name is James. And we're here today to discuss Season 7, Episode 15, Don't Paint Your Chickens. This aired on February 23rd, 1989. It was directed by James Burroughs and written by Ken Levine and David Isaacs. And from the cold open, you can tell it's a Levine and Isaacs episode because it is a very, uh, very heavily leans into sports references and the Abbott and Costello who's on first routine, of which Ken Levine is a, is a big fan, obviously, is a comedic screenwriter and a baseball announcer. So that's fun. Very much so. Very much so. This episode, Troy said, don't paint your chickens, which is obviously based on a proverb, but also generally good advice because chickens hate that kind of stuff. Yeah, don't paint a chicken, mate. You get get ruined, flapping about all over your place. It's a, it's a difficult enough task already, you know, just just leave well alone. But uh... <laughs> I painted a snail once in Australia. Painted several snails, actually. It was fun. Significantly easier to paint than a chicken. Yeah, they ain't flapping about any time quick. That was fine. It was on Melbourne Cup Day, which is their equivalent of the Grand National. We played a game where there was a massive piece of like, I think it was like A0 piece of paper. And there's a little circle in the middle and then a big one on the outside. And you painted your your snail with whatever you wanted to make sure you knew that one was yours. And you put all of the snails in the middle and the first one to make it out the big circle was the winner. Ooh, that's nice. I don't know who came up with it, but, you know, after a few mid-strength lagers, it was a good laugh. But in this cold open, what is happening is Frazier comes in because an essay he has written is being submitted into American film. And he would like a layman's opinion on said essay. It's about the psychological impact of Ingmar Bergman's films. I'll tell you what, the people in the bar, they have opinions. None of those opinions are useful. None of them at all. (laughs) No. I mean, none of them know who Ingmar Bergman is. For a start, they're all convinced they're a, a boxer or some sort of sports personality. And to your point earlier, straight in with the, the heavy sports references. And I think we'll play uh, the whole exchange because I don't think there's any part we could remove without doing the whole part justice. So uh, here you go. The films of Ingmar Bergman. Well, who could forget her in Casablanca? Huh? <laughs> no, no. You're thinking of Ingrid Bergman. I'm talking about Ingmar Bergman. Ingmar Bergman, the boxer? <laughs> oh, what are you, uh, you're thinking of Ingmar Johansson. You mean the guy who knocked out Floyd Patterson? No, no, no. Sonny Liston knocked out Patterson. Well, who knocked out Johansson? Patterson. Before Liston. No, Johansson knocked out Liston. Well, who knocked out Patterson? Was it Ingrid Bergman? <laughs> no. Ingrid Bergman. Shut up, shut up! <laughs> Uh, one more word. We came in here to discuss Ingmar Bergman, not to start an Abbott and Costello routine. Actually, I thought it was more like Martin and Lewis, wasn't it? You mean Joe Lewis? Oh, he's the one who knocked out Floyd Patterson. And who knocked out Lou Costello? But apparently, Ingrid Bergman. 
Well, she was tougher than she looked. <laughs> and that's it. Very little to do with the rest of the episode. Yeah, I d- don't actually recall that ever being mentioned again at any point. <laughs> uh, the only other thing that could be relevant is that uh, Sam's storyline has a lot of sports going on within it. A lot of sports. Yeah. 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 So without further ado, on to the episode. So Rebecca's at a meeting, or rather an interview, uh, where she's trying to impress her boss uh, on her marketing techniques. Fraser is talking about job roles and, and, and Cliff's job in particular of, of getting up at ungodly hours for, for minimum pay. Boy, these carpet types are down at the post office. I kneel for nobody. Well, we'll all bear that in mind, Cliff. Whenever we desire to have a job, we have to wake up at four in the morning, walk a 15 mile route, and make a minimal base salary. <laughs> Hey, 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 it's not that easy, pal. Gotta take a test. There's a kind of argument there as to which of them is the biggest corporate stooge or corporate underling. And of course, Rebecca's very determined Mm. not to be one. She's an ambitious woman, is Rebecca. A real go-getter. A a real go-getter. I I seize opportunities like, you know, a discount sandwich. (laughs) I think that's just me. (laughs) I think... (laughs) (laughs) Just, just you, James. Just you. <laughs> I said it, and then I went. That's a very, uh, very niche and personal reference. Uh, but yeah, you know, basically, she she grabs whatever career opportunities she can, which is convenient because Norm's out of work. I mean, is he ever in work? Oh, well, that's that's a sore subject for old old <laughs> Normie P. <laughs> So uh, a young woman comes into the bar, all dressed up in, in tennis gear, and uh, Carla sets her watch by when she believes Sam will notice that an attractive young woman has come into the bar. Um, he's a se- he's a second or two late, but he's still got it. He still comes out. He said the lead pipes were interfering. <laughs> he offers to go and train with her, um, asks her sort of what sport she does, she tennis, hiking, cycling, running, uh, to name a few. He's really kind of trying to impress her. She doesn't think that he can hack it. He says, well, you know, punch me in the stomach. And if I, you know, I don't flinch and, you know, you feel my abs of steel, uh, then we'll go for a date. So she does. Uh, and uh, yeah, turns out Sam's, Sam's still built like a, a brick outhouse. And so she agrees to go on a date. Uh, I'm just like, Dan, what? Steely. That's uh, <laughs> that's what he was thinking. Yep. Steely Dan. <laughs> Love me some Steely Dan. I got that reference, don't you worry. Because that's a that's a contemporary <laughs> reference, Steely Dan. You know what we're talking yeah. about. You, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Woody tries the same thing with another young woman at the bar, doesn't he? And um, he goes over and says, you know, will you go on a date with me? She says no. He says, well, you can punch Sam in the stomach. <laughs> I love that exchange. I thought it was Sam fantastic. Sam has to come over and explain that he's got it all wrong. <laughs> Sam, why would I let them punch me in the stomach? Come on, Sam. <laughs> Do you know uh, the age difference between Erin and Sam? Because they said that Sam was kind of being like, what, you think I'm unfit just because I have a few, maybe 10, 15 years on you? Do you know the actual age differences between Ted Danson and uh, Lisa Aliff, the actress who played Erin? Um, what, is in between... The actors or the characters? 
between the actors? I mean, not that I know the answers to either of them, uh, but if I was going to hazard a guess, uh, I don't. Uh, it's not going to be much, is it? Like six years? A uh, thirteen. Oh, wow. Okay. I was going to go mm-hmm. big, but I thought, nah. They're, they're playing it off like there's a big age gap, and there's absolutely not. Clearly, there is. <laughs> it's it's thirteen years, so you know the estimate that Sam gave near the start of the episode was pretty close, between ten and fifteen years. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. So Rebecca comes back in, and uh, she's very proud of her performance at the interview. But it appears that she's got a massive ink stain on her skirt. And that was what they were staring at the whole time. And she was like, you know, they were transfixed on me and they couldn't keep their eyes off me. And, you know, I was holding their attention. But it turns out it's because your fountain pen leaked all over your skirt. We're just fascinated with the ink on her skirt. Classic mistake. Uh, Woody says, don't worry, it's it's decorative. It looks fine. (laughs) Everyone gives their their thoughts on what the pattern looks like. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it looked too bad. You know, you get a lot of garments which just have one specific area of coloration you know so yeah i don't think it looks i mean you do bad. nowadays it's stylish to buy jeans that are like pre-ripped <laughs> yeah i don't claim to know why but i know they exist uh, people do kind of have a rorschach <laughs> interpretation of the ink blot which was interesting that's the word rorschach i couldn't remember what rorschach, it was yeah I only know of Rorschach because of Watchmen. Yeah, like I've I've done I've I've done Rorschach tests, and honestly, the way that Rorschach tests work is that they're not really designed to look like anything, you know, and that's so it's based purely on the answer of the uh, individual. An interesting thing, but often when looking at it, I'm just like, is it ink? Is the answer ink? It feels like ink splash. Is this, is, is this the correct answer? As a result, Rebecca comes a little disheartened, only a little, um, because she's like, oh, they probably won't give me the job now. This is when we find out Norm, too, is, is out of work and, you know, doesn't have much hope for upcoming career opportunities. It explains that he went to a job an entire day late. He was meant to paint a restaurant. And couldn't understand why a restaurant just couldn't open a whole day later. <laughs> that's entirely your fault, Norm. Up your painting game. But that's what Rebecca's there for. <laughs> Rebecca's there to uh, to make him a business partner, basically. Whereas she's she's like, I've got ideas on how to transform business and how to market and everything. She sets herself a, a challenge, doesn't she, almost, and trying to turn Norm into a businessman and prove that she's worthy and that she should have had the job that she went to the interview for. Uh, he says no, and she then threatens him with uh, his bar tab, to which he then agrees to join her. That's uh, that's some suave negotiating skills there, Rebecca. It's like, well, I could business partner with you, or <laughs> you could pay the grand you owe for your bar tab. The choice is completely yours, Norm, but uh, here's the bar tab. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just... So, yeah, they become business partners for, uh, for Norm's interior uh, decorating business. In the meantime, Aaron is taking Sam cycling and jogging and oh, he's old and tired. He's a frail man in his early 40s. Sounds like he's just doing like daily triathlons. Oh, which I've barely done a, what would you call it, a monothlon? A biathlon? 
triathlon. <laughs> just a cycle. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I've I've barely done one of the three of the triathlon. You know, most I've done is a 10k run. In the end, wasn't too bad. You know, Troy and I did that together, and we went for beer and oh, yeah. uh, and many cooked meats after it. You know, did uh, there was yeah an awful lot. Well deserved. Yeah. And you know, was, yeah, didn't find it too bad, but I was uh, doing a little training for it. Whereas Sam, Sam went in the deep end. Uh, with That's it. Head first. Erin, she's putting him through his paces for hydration. He just wants coffee and barely even wants water <laughs> with it. He, he, you know, did feel like going. Just put the grains in my mouth. Just. Just put the raw beans in my hand and I'll just have it from sauce. Just crunch on them. <laughs> oh. Erin <laughs> arrives and he's like, come on. And he's like, <laughs> okay. And off he goes. You know, because uh, <laughs> Sam's stubborn and he doesn't like to admit that he is older and, you know. Not as fit as he thought. <laughs> yeah, and basically he doesn't want to sacrifice any chance for a sexual encounter. To get his leg over. To get his leg over, even if he sprained all the muscles in Said his leg. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the, the whole business proposition, uh, Rebecca has an idea about the company name, and they're called 4A Painting. And she comes out of an idea for the logo, and it's Carl the Chameleon. He's got a paint bucket and a brush. The reason for her name was because companies are arranged alphabetically. So if you put four A's, it's going to be at the start of the phone book. The uh, <laughs> Carl the Chameleon. When I saw this, I immediately thought of its middle name. Go on. I can give you its full name. Carl, not Carla. Carl, not Carla. Chameleon is what its full wow. name is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I saw that, that line in my head. I just while making notes, just went... <sighs> <laughs> it's it's a blessing and a curse, Troy. <laughs> Everyone at the bar realizes, I think, that Rebecca's kind of costing uh, Norm more money than they're actually making, and and they all kind of collectively agree that he has to deal with the situation. And they tell him that he needs to fire her. So he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I will, I will, I will," and uh, gets himself all kind of psyched up, doesn't he? And he goes in, kind of huffing and puffing, picks up the picture of uh, Carl the Chameleon, walks into her office, comes out almost immediately and says, yep, went great. We've managed to find a new voice for Carl, <laughs> which is him. <laughs> which is him growling, yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're stuck in it now, Norm. Uh, on the bar side, there's, there's a new business phone, which has been installed by Rebecca. It starts ringing, Carla answers with AAAA. And uh, someone's car's broken down. They've obviously rang the wrong number. They thought it was the AA and not the AA, AA, however many gonna, A's there are. Oh, I was going to say, it's like a, uh, it's like a Geordie challenging you to a fight. The next phone call, however, is someone that saw their ad and would like their services, <laughs> which is when we get there their line, their sign-off, which is, thanks for making 4A painting your foray into painting. I love that. <laughs> I, I, actually, I, I actually went, you know, that's not bad. That's, that's good. good. That's, I'm a yeah. big fan of that. Big fan. Mm. <laughs> I don't think Norm's that much of a fan. He uh, he says the line and then gives Rebecca a kind of 
passive aggressive thumbs up like oh, I said I said your I said your dialogue yeah <laughs> <laughs> I won't I'm not going to do the voice again Rebecca after this Sam knows that he's tired and they convince him that he needs to break up with Erin but because he's vain he claims that she is slowing him down lies 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 on lies. fabrication Lies and fabrication. <laughs> Her response is fantastic. I guess I'd better be honest with you. It's just that all this physical activity we've been engaging in, it's just too much for you. I mean, come on, I'm a guy who likes to go, go, go. And uh, sweetheart, you just slow me down a little bit. I'm sorry. Sam, I'm really kind of relieved to hear you say that. I guess I need to go and find myself a guy who wants to just... Join me in a nice hot bubble bath and lie in bed with me all evening. See ya. Whew. I'll tell you what, Erin called Sam's bluff and uh, <laughs> walked straight out and Sam's there. It's a bit of a sleazy reference, but it's like that bit in Wolf of Wall Street where Margot Robbie is taunting Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. <laughs> and Leo's just <laughs> on the floor begging. <laughs> Yep, exactly that. Backs himself into a corner. He's ruined it for himself. Bluff well and truly called. This is when Rebecca gets a call. She knew that she wasn't promoted to director of advertising because of the ink, but Henry Weinberg has. I'll tell you what, Henry Weinberg, Rebecca has opinions. That's right, Henry Weinberg, you know? (laughs) Henry, five foot three, too stupid to shake the dandruff off his glasses, Weinberg? They didn't mention his middle name. I got something on your nose there, Henry. It's brown. <laughs> <laughs> she decides enough is enough, though. She wants to go storming into the office and tell him exactly what she thinks of the situation. This is prompted by the fact that 4A has a call to decorate a whole apartment complex because their regular decorator is being a bit stingy or fussy. And, you know, they were like, mm. well, we're going to go with someone else instead. So she smashes out the bar on the way out. See Sam just crashed on the floor, exhausted, <laughs> steps over him to get up the stairs. And after she's left, the phone rings again. But Norm answers. It turns out that they actually lost the job that they were given not two minutes ago to, to paint the apartment complex. So Norm rushes off to follow Rebecca to tell her the bad news and to not hand a notice in to not throw away a job because they now no longer have a job either. Norm, uh, he doesn't do this at first, though. At first, he doesn't really care particularly. He's like, no, oh, we no. didn't get the apartment complex. I kind of predicted that, but, you know, I'm sure it will be fine. And then someone goes, but if Rebecca leaves Cheers, then the bar manager will be, and Norm realises that the bar manager will, or could be someone, which will m- make Norm actually pay his tab, and he's having none of that. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't want that. Doesn't want that smoke. <laughs> and meanwhile, is waiting at the office in Mr. Annawalt's office, waiting for Mr. Annawalt to finish a call. And I found this interesting because Mr. Annawalt is playing hardball with Japan, which implies he is negotiating with Evan Drake because Evan Drake went over to manage the uh, Japanese division of oh. the Lillian Corporation. So I thought that was, it could have been a coincidence, but I thought that was a nice little connection. Yeah, I like that. 
After this, Rebecca's ready to give Anna Walt a piece of her mind. That's it. Yeah, she's not happy. She kicks off, just basically says that she feels she's been she's been overlooked and she's been there for many years and she's seen many people get roles over her and she's smarter and better than her job than 50% of the staff there. Just as she's about to say, I don't want this anymore, it's not for me, we see Norm on the window washer's escalator come up the side of the building with a huge sign saying, no job. I'll tell you what, Rebecca used, she has initiative, that girl, because when Anna Walt goes, what is that about? She goes, well, it's clearly a out-of-work window washer. And Anna Walt <laughs> says, well, you've got to admire his initiative. And I'm like, quick thinking from everyone here. <laughs> Everyone's thinking on their toes. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously she changes her mind very quickly, uh, tells the boss that she's happy. She walks off and then actually has another change of heart and decides that she wants to give the boss a piece of her mind and and really lets loose this time. Mr. Anawalt, I have something else to say and this is it. You wouldn't know a good marketing executive if one came up and bit you on the butt. <laughs> now I am better and smarter than 50% of the people that work here. And if you can't see that, then you are blind or a buffoon. Take your pick. <laughs> now, if you'll excuse me, I have to get back to Cheers, where I am sure all my personal belongings will be waiting for me in a hefty bag on the street. Miss Howe. What do you want now? I have a lot of nerve talking to me like that. This company was built on nerve. Not enough young people have the guts to stand up and say what they're really thinking. I've been looking for that brave child who wouldn't be afraid to say the emperor has no clothes. He's nude, sir. <laughs> naked. And he actually gives it a job. Reminds, I think it's a Captain Zap Brannigan quote, which is something like, you got balls, Rebecca, and I like that in a woman. <laughs> <Just>. <laughs> so she gets the job that she wants. She gets the job that she applied for and, and she went in to fight her cause on, but immediately... The FBI bust into the office and come in and arrest him. And Rebecca tries to say that he's innocent, and uh, he fully admits, "No, no, I'm, I am guilty." They, Got me they dead are. to rights, Rebecca. What can I tell you? <laughs> so after all of that, after that ordeal, Rebecca is out of a job. <laughs> and meanwhile, Norm's still on the window washer platform with the sign that says no job, with the thunder and the rain, and uh, Rebecca thinks she's oh, the unlucky one. That's it. We get that. I must be the most unlucky person on earth. And then we whip to the window. We see Norm in a thunderstorm, just uh, having an absolutely torrid time. This isn't, uh, this isn't the first Levine and Isaacs episode, which has ended with a sight gag. I think a previous one was The Last Angry Mailman. And both ended with a sight gag of a pan across the room uh, to to have a visual gag in it. So, yeah, I like this little narrative quirk that they have at the end of their episodes. That's it's mm. nice. Shall we talk about who's in this episode? Yeah. I'll tell you what, there's a lot. We've got Stefan Grash. Yep, that's the name. As Mr. Animal. That's the name, yeah. <laughs> he also appeared in Studio One, The Hustler. The Alfred Hitchcock Hour, Gunsmoke, Bonanza, Ironside, Carrie, Starsky and Hutch, Beretta, Hawaii Five-O, Dallas, Fantasy Island, The Incredible Hulk, Barney Miller, MASH, The Jeffersons, Remington Steel, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, The Twilight Zone, Murder, She Wrote, 
Miami Vice, Tales from the Crypt, Dark Shadows, Star Trek The Next Generation, Junior, ER, and many more. Lisa Elif as Erin. She also appeared in The Colbys, Charles in Charge, Dragnet, Full House, Freddy's Nightmares, Dear John, and many more. Sarah Marshall as Mrs. Rosenbush. She also appeared in Studio One, Perry Mason, Adventures in Paradise, The Twilight Zone, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, The Alfred Hitchcock Hour, The Fugitive, The Donna Reed Show, Get Smart, Star Trek The Original Series, Three's Company, The Jeffersons, Small Wonder, and many more. Ralph Mayering Jr. as FBI Agent Adams also appeared in Moonlighting, Hill Street Blues, Murder, She Wrote, L.A. Law, Days of Our Lives, NYPD Blue, Melrose Place, ER, The X-Files, The West Wing, Monk, and many more. He was also a writer for Quantum Leap, Murder, She Wrote, and others. Peter Schreiner as Pete, Steve Gianelli as Steve, Tasia Valenza as Customer, she also played Dottie Martin on All My Children, appeared in the A-Team, Fame, 21 Jump Street, Hunter, Star Trek The Next Generation, The Heights, and has had voice roles in Batman the Animated Series. And this is <laughs> the favourite title I've seen, I think, in all of the things I've seen in this show. Something simply called... Ah! <laughs> 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 that sounds like a must-watch. <laughs> Real Monsters, Superman the Animated Series, The Wild Thornberries. It's just a funny name for it. For TV or film. Uh, What's new Scooby-Doo? The Clone Wars. Star Trek Discovery. As uh, the Shenzo computer. And many more. Richard Epcar as the security guard. He was also the director of Jackass the Game. He also worked on V, Moonlighting, Knight Rider, Who's the Boss, Matlock, X-Men the Animated Series, Diagnosis Murder, Columbo, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers... Babylon 5, I'm still laughing at that earlier title, uh, Days of Our <laughs> Lives, Bastard, Digimon, The Mr. Men Show, Yoga Wee as an instructor. What? Yeah, uh, voice work for the instructor. Wow. Mortal Kombat, The Legend of Korra, Mafia 3, Horizon Zero Dawn, One Punch Man, and many more. I'll tell you what, I think this is my favorite cast list. <laughs> Mate, yeah, that's... That's huge, like the amount of stuff he was on. Mark Lagan as FBI agent Thompson. He also appeared in Bad Girls Dormitory, Breeders, Mutant Hunt, Heart and Dave World. Phil Pullman and Al Rosen as Phil and Al, both uncredited. I'll tell you what. Ah, and Bastard. (laughs) What a combination. Is that a resignation letter here? No, it's just trivia. But as usual, before we open our letters, we have to give a shout out to our norms on Patreon. So this goes out to Treb Curry. If you want that special norm treatment, then check out our Patreon page for that and so much more. What is the title of Frasier's essay on Ingmar Bergman? Oh, no, it's gone. Ingmar Bergman, poet of the subconscious. All right. Quite pretentious. <laughs> That's Frasier. <laughs> That's Frasier. Uh, <laughs> my other question. What does each member of Cheers see in Rebecca's ink blot? Uh, 
I know Cliff says it reminds him of like his screaming parents or something, doesn't he? <laughs> I can't remember the others. A spider, a Martha fly, I don't know. Uh, yeah, not far off. Woody sees a bunny, Carla sees a spider, Sam a butterfly, and Cliff sees his parents arguing as he pretended to be asleep during his third birthday. <laughs> and then he goes, uh, I meant a butterfly. <laughs> That's last call. What should we have as a house special? I think... Uh, oh, Sam was doing a lot of outdoorsy stuff, wasn't he? He was doing mountain climbing and, and hiking and walking. I'd quite like a campfire old-fashioned. Oh, that sounds delightful. You might get the geckos mm. walking past. You know, you might get your little own Godfried gecko, you know? <laughs> oh, that sounds delightful, actually, yeah. You know, and it's uh, it's the summer as well. So, yeah, I think that would be a treat. Absolutely. With that, and if you do want to see any other house specials, then do check out Patreon. There's plenty, a, a real bounty of treats, if you will, there for you to check out. We've got recipes for, for many things. But in the meantime, stir up our old fashions, set outside a campfire, be back with more Cheers episodes in the weeks to come. See you then. Bye. Bye.